Hello. 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 Hi. Hey there. I'm going to introduce the show and then bring you on in. Um, this is Shanira the Mouthpiece, and I thank you for listening in to another grand episode of Ask a Black Woman. We call these the sister friend combos. I have the opportunity to have greatness on the air right now in the name of Miss Misty Monroe. So journey with us for the next few minutes or so as we invite you into our safe space, a space where if you ask a black woman anything, you better be prepared for the answer. So come on into my kitchen, into my my beauty salon chair. Amen. You can come on to the backyard barbecue where we get down. We code switch and do our thing on this side of the room. It is Ask a Black Woman. Hey, Miss Misty. Hello, Shanara. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Man, I'm glad to have you on. I don't take that for granted. I had to get you on ever since I seen your show up this woman threw it down it, you know what's so ironic it was about exactly a month ago oh, right yes yes is the dead time man because you guys we were supposed to do this last week but we had to reschedule yeah, yeah but how look how divine uh-huh. that is. amen it's supposed to be it's Matt. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, if you want to introduce yourself, I can run down, you know, your stats, whatever. But what, what would you like the people to know about who you um, are, Miss um, Misty? Uh, so many things. Not really, no. Um, uh, my name is Misty Monroe, um, and I'm an actress out here in Los Angeles in these streets. Um, I started off as an elementary school teacher, and I did that for uh, about 10 years and loved it and still do. Um, I don't teach anymore, although I think I may go back to it. We'll see. We'll see. Um, I started acting. I got a degree in theater from San Diego State. Mm, No tea, no shade. But um, (laughs) I did get a, a degree in theater. But then when I moved to L.A., I started substitute teaching, loved it. And then acting wasn't doing, giving me life. <laughs> or letting me eat mm-hmm. <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as you need to do in life. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason for the teaching thing. But then I, while I was teaching elementary school, I started taking classes at the Groundlings Theater. If you're not familiar with the Groundlings Theater, that's where a lot of the SNL people come out of. Uh, Maya Rudolph mm-hmm. um, who's one of my favorites. Um, uh, Will Ferrell. I mean, a lot of, of really mm-hmm. funny people come out of the Groundlings Theater. And I was blessed to move up in the ranks at Groundlings. I went to the sun, went into the Sunday company, performed for 18 months, tested mm-hmm. for SNL twice while I was... Oh, it's twice. Mm-hmm. Goodness gracious. Okay. Twice. So it was uh, a real blessing to do that. Then I ended up, uh, I resigned from teaching and I went into acting full time. I've been doing that since 2012 so my my yeah my. yeah it's been good to me it's been good to me I saw yeah I saw a couple of your listing stuff I haven't even watched but of course I had to go check out your clips and mm-hmm. everything like that girl you know how to flip like go to both ways like with your voice and everything like that um but I think it speaks to your upbringing which I definitely want to kind of switch gears and and talk about that um which leads itself to your show, Unapologetically Absolutely. Black. Now, when um, uh, Cynthia mm-hmm. 
um, stepped to me. She, it was just off the cuff. She knew knows that I'm an artist too, and she said, well, "Why don't you come?" Because I told her I was trying to make my own one woman mm. show, and um, it is called Ask About Woman based off the podcast because I had a street series. But enough about oh. that. But because of the title, it stood out to her. And she said, you ought to come see um, uh, my relative is in this one. I said, it's called what again? Unashamed, unapologetically black. I said, I'm going to be there because I don't know if you remember, I said it alludes to um, my old church's theme in Chicago at Trinity United Church of Christ. They are the most pro-black church I had ever in my life uh, had introduced to the 20s. And their theme is unashamedly black unapologetically Christian girl that's just so drilled in my yeah. head so the fact that that was the name um you know was kind of almost close to with the name of your show I, I got to go I got to go I got to go absolutely and that resonated with me too when you told me that I was like of course unashamedly black unapologetically Ooh. Christian that is absolutely those two that describes me too that describes me too Amen, amen. Like it was the it wasn't until my twenties that I actually saw black in the Bible. Like when it was broken down to me, I was like, "What? Okay, all yeah. right." But you, but that's here's the thing, you guys. Her show was um, I'm gonna say what wasn't what I expected. It was much more than what I expected because of your I'm gonna say unique background and mm-hmm. how you experienced life. I should say because of you being a military kid, with you moving around. Right. So let's talk about that. How that set you up, and then how you ended up, you know, hanging, um, spending more time in uh, uh, Los Angeles, which your grandmother's house it was, right? Right, right. So I grew up in Northern California, Southern California, Northern California. All my friends were white or, you know, or other. Multicultural. Like your best friend, like your best friend. I, yes, my best friend was a white girl named Shindy. Loved her, love her still. We still talk. Um, and I, we loved the same music, the same we love Tears for Fears. We love Madonna. We Madonna. love Madonna. Like, I got. Oh I'm my gosh. You, like I think about the these true crucial points in your life. Yeah. That and then how it is set up for the other stuff. Well, you was going through your stages of negrescence. We go. Let's. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, I saw it come. I'm getting excited. I'm bubbling over. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So Madonna is very instrumental here, guys. I want y'all to hit, listen up to that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Uh, I loved a lot of things that were stereotypically white culture, um, you know, which I didn't really know at the time. That was like I was liking, quote unquote, white things until black people told me that I was liking white things, mm-hmm. um, which would be the music and, uh, you know, movies like even movies back back in the day. Like I liked the pretty, pretty in pink and mm-hmm. all, all those different things. So um, but then counterpoint I would come in the summers to south central LA where my grandmother lives and I would have to learn I had to learn kind of how to switch it up like I couldn't I would be teased if I said that I liked Madonna or um you know any white groups any like oh who's that oh who's that uh it always started with uh Mm -hmm. anything if I said that I liked and if they was white it started with the uh what's that Mm. So very quickly, I learned to be, okay, well, with my white friends, I let them know, you know, I can like all that stuff. And I genuinely liked it. It wasn't like I was just trying to like the stuff to, for them to like me or anything. But, mm-hmm. but then when I got with my black family and friends, I knew I had to be all about New Edition, Bobby Brown, and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. Run DMC and all that stuff. Like, I mm-hmm. knew, I, and 
then I had to try to change up my vernacular because I got teased a lot for, quote, sounding like a white girl. And it didn't help that my name was Misty. So, you know, (laughs) I really sounded like a white girl. But it was two very different worlds, and it made me feel like I could never really be myself as, you know, in either one of those worlds. My white friends didn't know how black I was acting with my black family and friends, and my black family and friends didn't know how white. I could get, you know. <laughs> wow, and that's really unique to see that it to hear a black woman go through that very early in age and you're not biracial. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? So that's very very key. Like I get that as, you know, I get that but you you're a black woman and so and it's not like okay, in my instance I feel like like it's I'm, I'm it's apparent that I'm dark skinned. It's apparent that uh, I don't. I have to. It takes concerted effort not to sound quote unquote earth. Mm-hmm. I can't. It's very very. It doesn't come very easy right. at all. Um, and so nothing about me in, the, in any remote sense. But it was already ingrained in me in order for me to have any kind of success or to be accepted in corporate because my my undergrad degree was in finance okay. and so I was groomed like I had to have my perm my my straight wrapped hairstyle yeah. and don't be too outrageous and all of that but that was more like late teens like when I had work study classes my senior year right. and then when I went to college or whatever I might have party but it was on I mean serious post which so I had I learned how to just later mm-hmm. So I don't, but I my my background was that you right. I probably would have been the black teasing you whore because what this chick doing? Yeah, man. So that must have been that's a lot of and pressure when you think about it. It is a lot of pressure, and that is exactly what um you know. It wasn't white people putting me down or making fun of me. It was black mm. people. It was my own brothers Oof. and sisters. Not really brothers, but sisters mainly for sure. For sure, the the first fights mm. that I got into. Period. I wasn't mm. fighting white girls. I was fighting black girls because they thought that I was um, trying to act like I was better than them because I spoke this <laughs> way. But it was it, it was naturally that is honestly because of the the environment that I grew up in. That's how I spoke, and I couldn't. Um, you know, it 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 was difficult. It was. I was like, I do my own sisters even love me? And I'm supposed to be getting. Mm. I'm thinking, you know, if, if things are supposed to be racist, black people are not. You know, white <laughs> people aren't treating me quote unquote racist. It was black people that were giving me the most grief about the way that I was, the way that I am. You know, mm. um, it was unfortunate. Mm. It was unfortunate. Um, but. The reason that I called the show Unapologetically Black is when I was in college, I had stumbled across a lecture being given about the stages of negrescence. And this was a theory Mm -hmm. that Dr. William Cross had uh, proposed back in 1971. And he observed that Black people don't really, uh, they don't, there, there are five. There are stages to become to a healthy black identity, and typically, mm. when a black person, a black child is born, they're surrounded by other black people and children and stuff like that, and they don't know that being black is an issue or a problem at all. Mm-hmm. They may recognize skin color. You know, I know that. Okay, that's a person that has different skin from me, but there's no understanding of black being. Um, 
inferior absolutely they do not and that's Mm -hmm. that is the pre-encounter stage it's the best time in a black person's life i say it in my show man it is yeah you sure do it's short too it's short it is (laughs) and and it doesn't it can last uh you know depending on where you live it it can last a short amount of time or a long longer because it seemed like yours lasted kind of long though because you didn't have your moment until like you're like 13 or 14 yeah i mean i'm from california I'm from California, and what I will say is that where I lived in California, uh, the northern part, and then, like I said, I grew up, like you said, I grew up on the naval bases. Uh, Everybody was different, so it wasn't like we were calling people out for, you know, you black, you white. We weren't in neighborhoods like that. Everybody was from somewhere different. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, we, it, it, it. we just if you if we liked each other we played together that was it um but it wasn't until I got pulled over by the police at 14 that I did that story Mm -hmm. that you girl listen I was living that right there on that front row child I felt you yeah I I knew at that time I said oh this this uh police officer called me a a black bitch and said that we were all liars and thieves <laughs> and I had never one had anybody of authority say anything like that to me and then certainly not any white person say anything like that to me and it shook my whole understanding of what it meant to be black in this in this world mm-hmm. um, and it's an unfortunate time but most minorities go through it as I've been going through the show as I've been doing the show I realized that mm-hmm. uh, my Latino people deal with with uh, trying to balance their Latino roots versus um, assimilating into this white culture and uh, Americanized. And if they go too far into liking white culture, white things, then their mm-hmm. own people have something to say about it. Um, like, like I um, um, I remember a few years back, I used to work um, be a student advisor and at this university and. It was like St. Patty's Day. And I'm from Chicago, and they have a huge Irish community there. And uh, I must say, I, got, I made some posts about um, the whole Irish Day parade in Chicago. It's definitely a difference on how mm-hmm. they can get down oh, yeah. without, without, like, starting drunk, no arrest, nothing like that. But the black folks, they, definitely we can't. It's the same. But anyway, right. I had wore a, um, a fighting Irish... Or sh- no, we call it Shirish. You just put Chicago like shy with the Irish, whatever. Oh. On, and I wore this shirt. Now, what? Because here's the deal. I just wore it to work, and one of my colleagues, because everybody's wearing a little funky green and all this kind of stuff, and one of my black colleagues said, "Ain't you about a blip? Like, <laughs> why in the hell is you wearing like a um Irish thing?" And I said, "Well, if you want to know, I actually had lived in Ireland one of my corporate jobs." <laughs> The blackest, most pro-blackest chick on the block. I know that's lived right. in. I lived in Ireland, and my I, here's my report about the Irish. I lived in Dublin for a year, and when I tell you, them Irish people love them some shade. Like they, they I had, I had nothing but fun. What blew, what blew my mind, if, in that experience. Okay, so um, I had um, uh, 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 
um, what am I thinking? Um, I had I didn't see any African American black men the entire time I was there. Let that stand. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> that was weird to me. But I did meet a fine Af- like African man. I forgot what where he was from it um specifically. But we we went out a couple of times and stuff. We spent some time together and all he was fine culture wise and stuff. We just could not relate. And that frustrated with oh my god, I wanted to like I wanted to be with brother, but he was boring me. Plus, I was in my 20s. I didn't have patience. I wasn't that deep off into the movement or nothing like that. Right. And so I just, after he tell you, you beautiful a million times, I, that gets boring. Right. And so, like, the one American show that I started watching overseas at that time was Friends. I wouldn't have never tried it in the States, but it was the fact it was the only American show that I was getting in my little flat. And but I but once I started watching the show, I actually started liking it. And then the um, but the guy could not relate. Like right. I was like, oh, you know that mammy, blah 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 blah. No relation. Right. Now, he is the goofy. I actually started dating this white boy named Brian. He was a pure blooded Irish, little thick thing. Uh-huh. Girl, just just have a sister smile. Yeah. Just as oh yeah. And that was that was. I could go into any like bar or party or whatever, and I'm telling you, they would be all over me. Can I buy you a drink? Right. Da da da. But it was mind blowing to me because, um, but prior to that, I was living. I'm not sure if you ever know about any the the neighborhoods in Chicago, but I was living in Lincoln Park. Wow, Lincoln yeah. Park is pretty well to do in Chicago um area mm-hmm. and stuff. Mostly white. Them mm. people don't be studying me. Listen, that's that's where my because I graduated from DePaul. Mm-hmm. That's where they can't have the campus is and stuff. They went study my black town. Now here's, Not at all. Here's what I will mm-hmm. say about going to Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. I, I that that whole story that resonates with me. Um, mm-hmm. When I went to Chicago, I love Chicago. Um, okay, amen. But what I real it is, it's blatantly racist, and I had no idea. Um, I. Uh, you know, there are some parts of it, you know, the black people hang out with the black people and they stay amongst their mm-hmm. folks and, and they were educated mm-hmm. and really nice. And I'm like, okay, this is different because in, in California, and the, at least the way I live in California, I mean, I, I go to a party and there's other black people there. There's white people there, you know, uh, we mix and mingle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not all just black, but mm-hmm. for the most part, my friend told me, she was like, oh, no, you can't go too far out in certain parts of, of Chicago or, like, in, in certain areas. And I, I've only been there once, so I didn't – and I was like, that's just – Chicago is like a major city. Of course it's not. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 you're, that's crazy. Well, I was driving and um, mm-hmm. with her, and she was like, oh, we got to get up out of here. We just got to get up out of mm-hmm. here. They don't really like us over here. And I was like, what? Let, mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. I'm at a stop sign. I'm, I'm not making this up. This white man, mm-hmm. and I'm stopped. He's walking across mm-hmm. the street. I'm not mm-hmm. acting like I'm moving forward. Nothing. He slams mm-hmm. his head on the hood and says, I'm walking here. <laughs> I said, oh, my. Ain't that about? I, I already came up when you, start, when you say that. I'm thinking about two or three areas. And it's Southside too. It's the, that's the goofy part. Southside areas where that could happen. Yeah, it's Oakland or Bridgeport. Yeah, that because it's familiar. happened to me. Oak, uh, Oak, that Oakland sounds familiar. Yeah, Oakland or not even Beverly. Even though it's some black people in Beverly, it still ain't a lot of us in Beverly. But Beverly is really, really nice. 
but it's but you drive a little a little more west of Beverly. Now it's all this runs down ninety fifth street. The further west you go, the further white and the further is you you you're not as welcome. But you take your butt over in Oakline for a minute. Yeah. I was yeah. jaw dropped. Like I had, mm-hmm. that is not anything that I had knew or heard mm-hmm. about Chicago. And I, and don't get me wrong. I did have a good time. Everybody was mm-hmm. not like that, but the blatant, mm-hmm. that, that blatant move was like, mm-hmm. Oh no, this, this is not, this is, Same. yeah. I was like, this ain't safe <laughs> and this is a problem. Yeah. They, um, and you know what, you don't really realize until we hear people that don't live there because we, we're very conditioned in a way uh, we do have a great sense of community amongst ourselves so that is I'm not homesick but there that is one thing that I miss about it because I feel like here as far as black community and fellowship is not as very strong yes. to me I don't feel yes. the same way um, so we've made we made we make our roots like we are planted in, in oh, as far as black as a community is and, and is black community in Chicago. Yeah. But I guess to our detriment, because we are so used to being in our nucleus, um, we don't, I won't say we don't, but it's just expected that we are going to be with our people. Now, yeah. here's the interesting part, though. Um, this is what I'm, I'm going to say. It's like I, when I tell you about the me, you know, uh, mixing with other people, then come to later in life or me code switching. Yeah thankfully now i grew up on the we call it the mighty west side of chicago (laughs) and on the mighty west side for the first 12 years of my life that was all black extremely hood Mm -hmm. my mother decided um to move us to the north side (laughs) Mm -hmm. to the north side of chicago and um by the summer going into my seventh grade and I remember the day we were moving, loading up the moving truck and all that. My best friend, Ebony, she, she lived in the building behind me. Girl, we was boo-coo snotting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not just because I was missing her. We gonna be, I'm going to miss you. She said, but girl, you're going to be on the north side with all the white people. And you ain't going to have no friends. And why that, it felt like it was going to be so true. Here's the goofy part. We had never been to the north side either, though. Wow. But we just had this idea that North, it was North that was full of white people. And because it was all the white people there, I was not going to have no friends. And right. so I, uh, to wrap my, you know, I want to spend too much on me. But uh, the interesting thing is, is that so I start seventh grade. And for the first time in my life, I'm in a multiracial school. So Gowdy Elementary, I had my first white teacher, an Italian lady named Miss Manos. But when I tell you, I had an all nations classmates. Uh-huh. Like, I had a girl from Saudi Arabia in there. I had a guy from Kenya in there. I had a girl from uh, 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 Spain, but she looked like she was white. Like, Uh that girl, Rosemary, was pure white. She had ash blonde hair and blue eyes. And wait, the La Campana, the supermarket on the corner, was owned by Cubans. Wait, but they were black. They were so brown, and they spoke Spanish. It blew my mind. And here's the thing. I was not without friends. It was all, girl, it was all a mess for me. Blew my mind. So, but but you're right. In general, we're not expected to move out and move into those areas, that sort of thing. There's, there are, when it's assumed and mm-hmm. then people won't say it, but it's assumed that if you're black, you're def- you definitely live on the south or the west side. I don't yeah. think it's your automatic response that, oh, you live on the north side. Or right. Like that. No. And, and statistically, unfortunately, but statistically, if you move away, your mother made a very good move to move to a more mm-hmm. multicultural area, it's more likely 
that you will go to college. It's more likely that you will be a high achiever. If you go to schools, if, if uh, black people continue to send their children to schools in, if they're not higher socioeconomic areas, right? Mm. If they're low socioeconomic areas and they send their kids to the local schools, their kids are more likely to not graduate from high school, not go to college, um, and, and all the dangers that come from living in low socioeconomic uh, areas. However, if those same children get bussed out mm -hmm. into other schools and other areas, they mm -hmm. are more likely to, to uh, be higher achievers. They're more likely. Wow. You know, I didn't know the statistics of it, but I'm here to say I honestly believe that I would be a totally different person if I had not been moved mm -hmm. to the north side. I do know that for a fact. Yep. Um, just the fact that, um, you know, because then it made me desire to go to a different high school. My high school was multiracial. Yeah. And just the whole coping mechanisms, like, Sometimes I think it, it was to my detriment a lot that I didn't give people the side eye or if I, if they said something off the cuff, why, what, you know, if they were non-black or something like that. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't come in with um, this pre this preconceived notion. Like, I, right. I guess you could say I just gave somebody a chance, which I think is kind of like your last stage, stage of negressence where you got to like how you went from being pro-black like to, to like you know what I don't want to have to deal with y'all because I think that's a traumatic place to live yes um and then but because I think it's like you have quote-unquote because I don't like the phrase because I think only God is supreme but when people call themselves call other people white supremacists or they 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 label themselves that right um I think there's a such thing as black people doing the same thing Absolutely. in the essence of black power Absolutely. I was girl. I was actually having my um my my prayer time, reading my Bible, and and it was talk. I was um trying to make heads or tails out of something in Isaiah, and it it was talking about pride, and I thought about pride. Oh my goodness! And people listening to the to the podcast, I know y'all gonna have something to say, but I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it <laughs> because here's the the interesting. I'm gonna say borderline between me being unashamedly black and unapologetically Christian like what is what is the identity that um that for me that brings God glory and so I remember listening to one of my my sisters in the movement like she's all about black people and their economics and stuff and that mm -hmm. needs to be stressed on but when she opens up her uh, her live cast it's it's black power black power black power and I mm -hmm. think honestly to some degree is that any different than the, them do people saying white power, white power? You know what I mean? Like, is in it because I, I I think when people say white power, white power, I think it's definitely the hatred behind it. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to say black power is definitely about us making sure that we recognize our value. But I do know, and I have seen black power go to the extreme, right? To the like we can't be. Um, good great in our blackness if you will without having to hate on someone else or having to to feed back that same bull that they give us yeah that's where i draw the line so i feel convicted i'm like i don't want to be saying black power if it means that i have to demean or say that another race is inferior i don't care what the history has done but who am i to continue to perpetuate the same kind of mentality 
And that's I, why I'm at in my fifth stage. I, I think that's where I'm at. Absolutely. And, and I, I think that especially you having a spiritual foundation helps you to understand the humanity of that. It's important. It is. It is important to get to the place where now as you go through those stages of negrescence, I like, I don't know if I, if I said it, um, but some people, two things happen as they go through these stages of negrescence. They either can stay in that stage of all black power, all black, all day, black, 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 black. Girl, hush. And that's exactly how it is, 24-7. It stays there. Mm-hmm. Or, or they have experiences that move them out of that. They get friends. They have relationships with people that are not like them, and they can be honest. And, and the, the goal is, is to be able to be in relationships with people that don't look like you, that you're able to be honest with, that still accept mm-hmm. you for who you are. And they're not going to be telling you that, oh, you're crazy. They're, they're not treating you like that because you're black. Oh, don't be. No, I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about those people that will hear your heart. And they are. There are white people out here that hear our heart and they understand that there is a burden of being in this black skin sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, what does happen as well, too, is that we can go to the final stage of negrescence where we accept ourselves, but we don't have to put down the differences in other people. Um, however, things like Trayvon Martin happen, things like Eric Gardner happen, things like police officers who are constantly killing black men and uh, that don't get convicted, never seem Mm -hmm. to get convicted, will send us back into that third stage where we Mm -hmm. are just, we are that black power. We we are protecting ourselves. Girl, that reminds me, have you heard about this latest incident with this um, young lady, um, Nia Wilson? Yes. Her her daughter got, I mean, her and her sister got stabbed. The sister survived, but they was just riding the the train train in Oakland. Yeah, that's I would now that they, yeah. they they trying to they not they not sure they say that it was racially motivated. Mm. But that that I can see myself tipping right. over to the other side. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard the latest update, but I'm like, where is why haven't we found dude? What, what's going on? Because they know who he is. Yeah, I think they did. I haven't. I believe that they have found him. I think I I okay. I'd like to think, and they say of course that he has mental illness and. Stuff mm. like that. You know, when white people, unfortunately, with, uh-huh, <laughs> as soon as a black person does something, it was just, oh, well, you know, that's their nature. As, as sometimes we like to be called, quote, savages, as people call the police on us as we are living, wh- living wild black. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And when they do something that is out of pocket, kill up children in schools and uh, you know, mass murder, mass murder mm-hmm. on, on, on large scales. Well, of course, they're mentally un- unstable. Uh, and they get escorted to the cop car. They're not shot down yes. like a rabbit dog, yes. like so many of our brothers have been. In the back. That, in the back. Man, listen, in the back and no no weapons on their person at all. Right, right. That be having me to tip back over. And, and you, you know what? I don't know if it's just because I'm getting older, but I'm so, <laughs> I be so sensitive and pay attention to, I, I'm like, how much of this stuff yeah. did I overlook or just was too naive not to perceive? Because girls, I mean, just the, the things that white, white people do that, that really kind of try, tries to remind you of, your place, um, right. like when I th- okay, even last night I was in a store, 
and uh i'm new to the iphone family girl this is all new within the last month uh-huh. they finally they finally got me so i signed up for a little workshop at one of the stores the genius bar mm-hmm. and i got there about 15 minutes before um my class was supposed to start excuse me and um nobody was sitting at that table about five minutes before the class would start white girl laura shows up introduces herself good funny vibe i'm like hey what up mm-hmm. seems like you're the only one on the list it's gonna me and you i said that's good i'm gonna get you all to my step girl because you got a rookie you gotta yeah. start from the basis with me right she said well why it's good you got your phone she said well girl i can go get us a a, a laptop and a and a, and a ipad so you can really get the full gamut so we got the devices out and we got to start working on the garage band we're gonna make a beat Right, 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 right. All right, good. Okay, not even five minutes into our session, girl. We, I'm adding drums. Right, I want some melody underneath that thing. Then this white guy comes. He sits next to me on next in the stool next to me, and um, this white girl sits down too. And then he just, you know, just as bold, he said, "Hey, what are you guys doing here?" And I said, "Well, we got a session going on." Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's great. He turns back around, girl. Um, if you've been, you've probably been in the, in the Apple store at those tables. Yeah. They have like the big TV at the end of it. Uh-huh. He zooms up the little TV girl or whatever. And he starts playing. He's, we're having a logic session. Uh-huh. Oh, girl, girl, oh, superseding everything me and Miss Laura doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she goes and gets headphones. I can still hear this dude talking, even though I got the headphones on. I was mm-hmm. so annoyed. Now, these I be having what delayed reactions mm-hmm. to these these moves because mm-hmm. my instinct is I don't feel like it today because I mm-hmm. I'm not a um, you know I think a lot of times a lot of our people in general they walk around ready to pop off like right. at any moment like they just not having it right uh, I and I think I think health wise that's terrible um, right. with, with your heart so I don't <laughs> I just don't. Uh, I always just, I just, and plus you just never know, but we in an Apple store, but in general, I just don't want to be the one to tip over the pot. Right. Um, so my natural reaction in most instances is a path of least resistance. Right. So I look at Laura and she says, are you, I say, I'm not okay, girl. Can we go to another school? She says, of course we can. So it's crowded upstairs on the second floor. We go downstairs and for the rest of my 30 minutes, girl, we are doing my session standing up. Mm-hmm. And then, like, about 15 minutes in, though, it just dawned on me. All of a sudden, I started getting mad. And I didn't even want to talk about the daggone program she was teaching me. I said, Laura, who is that guy? Like, I just literally, like, all of a sudden, it's delayed. His name is Matt. I said, Matt was hella rude. We were there first. Matter of fact, I was there early and wasn't nobody there. He should have found somewhere else to go. Right. Who the manager? Ironically, she points to a black guy. I said, the black guy with the, with the glasses? Cool. I said, she says, I would have said something, but I don't want to be the new girl on the block um, bitching or something like that. So apparently she knew, and you know, she white as a woman, she don't want to be perceived as, that's interesting to pocket there, much less advocating for her black customer. Right. And I just thought about it, but I was so upset. She says, by all means, yeah, go ahead and say something, blah, blah, blah. But I was, I said, another instance of a black girl, quote, unquote, being away, because I I don't ever, I hate the lab. Um, color be quote unquote a reason. I think jerks are jerks. Absolutely. But I, I, venture, I venture to say, I don't think Matt would have did that if I had been a white woman. I don't think he would have did that. Oh, I, I, that's I, just, that's just, I absolutely think he would have done that. I absolutely no. think he would have done that. And the reason being is that because okay. it, is, it is a male thing. 
It is mm. for, for some men to, uh, and especially white men, and they don't have any, not all of them, but mm. some of them absolutely have no awareness or sensitivity to the need to, uh, you know. Adjust themselves. Right, and, and look what women do. Women walk away mm. yeah. first instead of saying something. Listen, I say when a, any woman that is worth her salt has been called a bitch multiple times. So don't mm -hmm. let it throw you. You know, yeah. what we deal with is microaggressions. And that's what they're called. When you find yourself like, I'm, I'm really upset. It's because you didn't, in that moment, you knew and you were aware that this is, this is not right. It felt wrong. But instead of saying something, and because we worry sometimes, one, the fear of the angry black woman, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't want to be perceived. I don't want to be perceived. I don't want to be perceived. So it, because I don't want to be perceived, I don't say anything and I'll just excuse myself. No, unacceptable, unacceptable. Uh, and then number two, white women are very much afraid of being called a bitch as well. Gloria mm. Steinem said, Gloria Steinem said when she was starting the, uh, you know, women's movement and getting women's rights and stuff like that, her best allies were black women, not white women. White wow. women were too afraid. They were too afraid to say anything, to rock the boat, to, to you know, be called a bitch. No, mm -hmm. I don't, nobody's going to want me if I'm a feminist. Nobody's going to want me. Black women said, mm -hmm. sure, we struggling in that already. So we, we are on what? board. So she found mm -hmm. Shirley Chisholm. She found her closest allies with black women first. Who knows? Mm -hmm. And and what I say about things like that, because I've been in places and I've been patiently waiting for the person in front of me to get finished at, at mm. the, uh, you know, desk or whatever. And, to, and, and a white person has walked up completely unaware that I'm waiting to actually <laughs> speak to the person. And mm. they'll walk up and, and start talking to them. Oh, I just want to ask a quick question. I said, I do too. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. do. Thank mm -hmm. you. Thank you. And I'm mm -hmm. going to ask my question now. And then they look at me like, oh, my gosh, like I was just, I was just, I'm not. I was just, I was just. I'm, <laughs> this is not personal. I'm not angry with you. And I don't know or care what you were just doing. All I'm telling you is, is that before you ask your question, I have a question. And I was standing here before you walked up. I know you didn't see me because black is invisible. Exactly. Ralph, Ralph Ellison, invisible man. It still exists today. I'm not playing with you. I'm not playing with you. And I'm not mad. What I like to say to also is that mm -hmm. I'm not mad, but I am aware. And when I am mm -hmm. aware, I, I, I agree with you about not wanting to have a chip on my shoulder. I honestly, and also because of the way that I grew up, having white friends and having white friends that treat me like a part of the family. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have that same, uh, you know, immediate reaction of, oh, this person is, I don't. So when it, when it does mm -hmm. happen and it is evident, I, I rest very assured in my understanding of the years and the times that I've been on this earth, that that is exactly what's happening. Now, here's mm -hmm. the thing, that white person may not be aware they may not mm. be aware that they do it, that they live in privilege, that, that mm. their, their skin permits a certain amount of behavior that our skin simply does not per permit. The reason mm -hmm. why black, black parents are much more harsh, it seems, to white people on their children is because their very lives depend on it. Mm -hmm. Their very mm -hmm. lives depend on them listening and following directions and not running in the parking lot when they say, come here, <laughs> they mean come here right now. 
Mm-hmm. Getting snatched up by your mother or your father when you're a black child is a common thing because our very lives depend on it. No, we don't have the luxury of cussing our parents out and calling them out of their names because respect mm-hmm. starts at home. And when mm-hmm. we, when we at, at home start cussing our moms out and telling them, you know, F you, you, you don't care or whatever, well, we, that is a behavior that goes out into the world. And that mm-hmm. is behavior that's said to a person of authority. And then we, mm-hmm. we die over it. We die. Yep. We die and we lose jobs and we don't know how and when and what's, how, to, how to express um, something that, that, that isn't to our liking. Yeah. We have to be, yeah, that kind of, it has, girl, the overt and the covert things yes. that I have to deal with <laughs> in order to do that. Because honestly, it wasn't, for me, honestly, in that moment, I don't feel it was about the path of least resistance. It, mm-hmm. I was actually just tired. Right. I do. I have a day yeah. job. Right. And to a certain degree, I still have to battle mm-hmm. um, um, knowing that my overall essence is so strong. Right. I don't have to do much for people to feel some kind of way. And here, mm-hmm. what because of what people think and perceive of me with this strength and this blackness and this package. Um. They, they, what they want to feel, I think, comes from their own insecurity. For one, I'm aware of, but two, I just, hmm, it's, it's, it's a, it's the, the lightest bit of oppression, and so I have to, I just, I walk that line every, every single day, and mm-hmm. um, I guess I made a choice in that moment that you know what, well, let's go downstairs, but then I tried to suppress it, and then I got mad at it again because I was like, no, <laughs> right. <laughs> And, and that's the thing, like, you, you have to, like, uh, you know, and I, I it, it, it's just that those moments are moments where you absolutely are trying to figure out, is this, is this the fight that I want to have? Mm-hmm. You know, do I feel like having this fight right now? Well, then, if you have, you know, if you're burning to have to tell the manager and all that stuff, that's a fight that you should have had. I did. You know? I feel good about it. Here's the funny. So not mm-hmm. only did I tell the manager on site at the time, then this morning I get this, a survey about my visit to the store. I hate surveys. <laughs> uh, and what it, the, the girl's name that did the workshop popped up. And I believe in giving, it said her name. So how was Laura's service? So I hit the five. I said, let me give her this. You know, every little bit helps. Right. It took me to another page where it asks more questions about the overall experience. Right. And I felt so inclined. Of course. To actually type stuff in the, the space where it let me go in with the details. Yes. And then when you hit the continue, it says, do you, uh, would you be open if management or somebody wants to call about the experience? And I said, yes, because I thought to myself, well, I'm pretty detailed in this, but if they have real questions about the incident by all means because I didn't sit here and typed all this for it to go to nail right do you not know Apple gave me a call about 4 30 this afternoon wow the manager of the store and is this Shanara I said is this Shanara she says we got your I mean like I did the survey and this morning in the same day they called wow and listen, she was like, I just wanted to hear, you know, anything else you want to ask. I said, I was very um, detailed, but I 
if you had more questions beyond what I typed, I'm all game for it. And she says, no, it's very clear. You gave us a lot today. I said, good. She said, and I need you to know that we are going to have a talk and reprimand Matt. But at the same token, we're going to let Laura know just how pleased you were with her service and her ability to accommodate you. Mm. Fantastic. Yep. Mission start. So it's like I had to get him on the back end. Yeah. Yeah. I got him. Good. Good. Because we have Mm -hmm. to, we have got to. We, we have to make our voices heard. You know, we have to allow, not allow those microaggressions to continue and, and be ashamed or afraid to speak on them. And mm-hmm. I know we, the unfortunate part of the angry black woman stigma is, uh, it, it is a lot to deal with, but also we have to, we have to protect ourselves because we are the least protected. Mm-hmm. We are the least protected. I mean, consider, uh, yeah, and I, I mean, so what? No tea, no shade, but I'll, all tea, all shade. What am I saying? <laughs> R. Kelly. Oh, that was on my list to talk about. Oh, my God. Girl, go ahead. Go speak on girl, it. Let's go, go ahead. I'm all ears. Talk about it. So with, with the defense, some black people, some black people want to defend R. Kelly to the hilt and say, oh, they're just trying to bring another black man down and blah, blah, blah. Women and men, by the way, women and men. Um, this is a man who did marry Aaliyah when she was 15 years old, mm-hmm. lied on the, the certificate oh, and said mm-hmm. she was 18 years old. Her parents had to find out five months later. I mean, it is a, he's been a pedophile. He's been a pedophile. And, and also, uh, there has been stories and reports of, of how he runs this some, somewhat of a harem in his household. Mm-hmm. He has paid off multiple women and mm-hmm. had them sign non, uh, non-disclosure agreements while they get paid off. Um, mm-hmm. For years, he has been doing this. For years. Mm-hmm. I would not put and will not put. And he's from Chicago. He's Girl, Chicago. I'm about to tell you about the, that, that, that. Listen, right. he been doing his little trifling ways since his R. Kelly and public announcement days. Mm. It is no secret that he used to be parked outside of Hyde Park um, Academy, huh? What? And when you young and impressionable and stuff like that, and uh, we just gonna go for a ride. I mean, it don't take much to impress so a girl dumb. in high school. It's we so going, Let's go to Foreign City Mall. Let's go get some Harolds. I mean, I get your <gasps> niggas. Like, like th- this is nothing new to wow. like natives and stuff like that. This yeah. is nothing new, and so it's appalling that hmm. even in my hometown, that is such a split. Hmm. It's such a split. Like people that know sexual trauma and assault is not going for it, not gene for it because we know the truth about the matter. And it's not like he's trying to make amends. He is flat footed in his arrogance and proud about it to the to the detriment. Uh Saturday for last. It was some big R and B throwback concert. Like it had a Shanti on the bill and Tank was performing and all oh, this. Uh-huh. And a lot of my old heads like myself went to this concert on this Saturday. And somebody posted a video of R. Kelly doing a pop-up during Tank's set. Oh. And girl, and in he like was freestyling. And in his his freestyle, he said something like Shine City. It's my city. And the crowd just went nuts. And I'm sitting there like, huh? 
And so I made I made a, a, a shading tweet. And I just said, I said now, how many, because people are all of a sudden, you know, going ham on a timeline about his confession song that he just dropped. Right. And I said, how much of Chicago is really upset about his confession song when just a week prior, yeah, he, he, he was able to come and perform in the middle of Tank set huh. without a boo, hmm. without a backlash, without a beat down, without a bum rush. Right. He was able to do that. Right. Nobody, no man in the community to like really step in and, and say enough is enough because this is before the confession song dropped. But prior to that, the biggest thing that hit the news was that family who had went public about their daughter that was supposedly trapped in his house in Atlanta or yes, something like that or whatever. Yes. And that it, it had a moment and it died down. We don't know what happened with that, but that was one story out of several over the yes. years. And it just is a just it just is always something new. But we had just had that happen in recent times. And the man is still able to come in the middle of a set and say something like that. And don't nobody boo and throw a shoe at the stage. Right. No. Right. No. Right. Because he know y'all still gonna step in the name of love. Bye. Uh, right. Bye. Uh, completely, uh, absolutely correct. Absolutely. And it's it is sad. It is beyond sad. And the and the reason why it's he's not going to jail is because it's black women. Mm-hmm. Let that been a harem of white girls. My my my. Shall he would have been under, jail. under the jail. Under the it would have been built on his afro. Under the jail. Uh, under. Uh, underneath. Abs- but and and mm-hmm. but it's it's because it's us. It is because no. it's us. They do not value law enforcement does not value uh, mm. black skin. So well as long as it but let that have been any any one. It don't even need to be a bunch of white girls, just one good one. Just one. Just one. One. Just one. Hillary. Right. I'm, I got a name. Hillary. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, take her best picture that she got and run out all her good stuff about her life. Right. Child. Bloody right. murder. Right. I only believe that trafficking started to become an issue because white girls started to get yes. more trapped up in it. That's a good one. Absolutely. Because Lord knows our girls been out in them streets. They've been. They've been. 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 Uh-huh. But they said, oh, wait a minute. See, but heroin now is is, uh, Mm. is, is beyond rampant across the country. If you look at Chicago um, statistics on heroin use versus how they dealt with crack back in the day. It's... it, it will blow your mind. Yeah. It will blow your mind. Just in the simple, in the city of Chicago, how they have dealt with heroin use and abusers mm. versus how they dealt with crack, uh, crack use and abusers back in the day. Uh, they were all criminalized. Absolutely. So, you know, when the skin color changes of the epidemic, then the epidemic is a disease. And uh, it, it is no longer, it's just, you know, it's mental illness. It's, Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Insurance can pay for mm-hmm. it. It was prisons and jails and the prison industrial complex for us Absolutely. and my uncles and my aunties. Absolutely, man. I want to try to wrap up. I mean, because we we went down. We we, we went down. Uh, uh, oh, it makes me think of what are the irony? As I was proudly, um, I had parked. As I was going to your show, I had parked uh, off of, I want to say it was in Wilcox. 
tacos mm-hmm. and uh, and I walked um, to the corner of Santa Monica and Wilcox minding my own black business on a nice beautiful sunny Saturday in LA and I was rocking my ask a black woman hoodie amen waiting for the light to change mind uh-huh. my own black business and there was a white man on a bike coming across Wilcox and he comes onto the sidewalk and I didn't move. I girl, I don't move um when I'm walking, when I'm I don't I don't do it. I don't that's intentional. Right. Girl, I be walking because right. I, I work around Miracle Mile around the area where the tar pits is and stuff. And everybody be uh-huh. walking. I be taking you gotta have two breaks, a break in the morning, break in the afternoon. And every time I walk, there's always somebody walking their dogs, always walking their dogs, girl. Listen, I don't flinch. They be looking like they're not gonna move. You listen. Uh, mm-hmm. Fifi better get her butt in the grass. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, they might, it don't even register to them until they okay. realize we're going to mess around and bump head to head if you don't move over to the way with Fifi. No, no, no. Yeah. So, anyway, this guy is clearly about to come on the sidewalk. And I'm thinking to myself, what the what? And so, an angry white dude on the bike legit goes, You're in the way. I look left, mm-hmm. I look right. Mm-hmm. I said, You don't. He said again, he like coming up on a sister. You're in the way. Girl, before I could say anything, the white lady on the side of me goes, Clean up. She said, You the one that's illegally riding a bike on a sidewalk. Move it. Praise him. Praise him. Won't he do it? Uh, he Won't did. He, do it? he did that. Won't and he girl, do it? Hedge of protection. Hedge of protection. Hedge. A hedge. I sat there like, what? Well, he was straight trying to like punk me mm-hmm. and and bully me mm-hmm. on his little bike. Look, just mm. what in the world is this? Broad day, like I don't give a damn. I know. I know in the back of his mind, I was a black bee. So anyway, as we're crossing the street and I'm unpacking it out loud, I said, "Wait a minute! All the people on this sidewalk, and he decides to yell at the black woman." Yeah. I said that out loud. The white woman who had just yelled at him, she goes. And he would have had to deal with me. I'm telling you, we do got some allies out here in these streets. Deaf, most deaf. As I was, interesting enough, wearing my Ask a Black Woman hoodie going to the unapologetically black show. Uh-huh. What are the chances uh-huh. Satan get yes. me behind? And that, I, I honestly, I, I promise you, that is why I love my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so much because Man. I feel... I know and I believe in, in prayer, prayer changes things. And I know our, our situation in America looks bleak right now because of what is surfacing. Not that it hasn't always been there, but what is blatant and what is surfacing. But I believe in prayer. And I just believe that we, we will come together as a nation. We will start changing the hearts and minds of people. And we will have relationships with people that, that are just not going to have any of it. I, you know what? The one thing that I think should be a sobering thought for both sides, for people who struggle um, with relating to, if you're white, relating to black people mm-hmm. and blacks doing the same. You, I just don't believe that you can be blood bought and, and, and a Christian and I realize, okay, that if you're going to heaven, that everybody up there is not going to look like you. Right. Like, like if, if that's your, like, seriously, mm-hmm. like, 
he created us all, right? So if you if it you can't you just can't be like a real Christian. Yeah. And, and and be acting like that on, on planet Earth. You gotta get it right right here. Yeah. Cause news flash, you will be seeing Miss Blackness up upset. You're gonna see me there. You're gonna see me there uh-huh. rejoicing. Uh-huh. You can't be up there up there rocking with the king with your frown on, cause wait a minute, you mean to tell me it ain't little white folk floating people around with blonde hair up here? No. Right. <laughs> right. At the end of the day. Thank oh, God geez. for a relationship with Jesus that, Amen. that that levels the playing field because we're fighting a spiritual battle. This is That's not exactly what it is. We're not Say fighting that. against flesh and blood. This is no matter what the skin is we're in. We have mm-hmm. allies. We have spiritual allies. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, I don't that's I don't get bent out of shape. I will say a prayer on a sucker in a minute. Come on, Misty. Because the Lord, if I've learned nothing else, rule number one, I think the first year I've been married, this will be five years. And then the first year, the Lord, the first lesson was be quiet. Mm. What? I said, now, wait Mm -hmm. a minute, Lord, I didn't come. You didn't bring me this far to leave me to close up my mouth. You didn't leave me this far. Shut it. But the lesson was mm. to be quiet and let my prayers be the battle. Mm. Let mm. my prayers do the battling. And when I do and when I did and when I do, mm. God shows up in a miraculous way. Amen to that. Mm. That's that's a good that's a good space to lead the people right there. Of course I gotta I'm gonna ask you two things. Mm-hmm. Um first of all People got to know where, when the next time they're gonna be able to see on the unapologetically back man. Like I, I, uh, I don't have a date set yet, okay. but I will let you know. I'll keep you in the mm-hmm. mix, and because um, I will definitely be posting it on my on my Instagram. Like yo, yeah, I, and I'm so grateful when people come to see it. I'm not the best at social media. It's just not. Uh, it's not one of my strengths, but. Um, I'm, I am going to be doing a run before this, this, this year is over. So, um, yeah, I'm just getting it together, getting it all together. It's a must-see. And the fact that, you know, when you have such a, a dope product and you're so talented, man, that you got people that get on the gram yeah. and just boast about you. That, that's the shout right there. Like, yeah. you better keep on working it. That's all I got to say. Thank I'm peacock you. proud like we can folk up in here. Amen. I felt it when we first met, and I knew it when you were sitting in the show and you were my amen corner, and I just laughed. We shared a laugh while I'm performing, so I was like, <laughs> oh, this is, this is my sister. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, girl. <laughs> Here's a question. When I put together um like my top and bottom closing songs on the podcast, I always like to ask the people, like, what what's your favorite song that I can put on this show uh when I edit it? Oh got two my. songs. How would you want me to open and close? I know it's an on the spot, but normally you should just go with your first thing anyway. So give it to me. Uh, I, gosh, 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 um, I am really feeling the Shaka Khan song called I'm in love with myself. Um, and I think that would, I would like to open that with that. Um, and then the closing song would be, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Oh my gosh, it's funny. I well, I just have to say, Jesus be a fence. Amen. I, I all around me. Day. Every day. All right. Yeah. Amen. I love me some Fred Hammond. I just You know what? That's like the top and the bottom. That show unashamedly black and that show unapologetically Christian clothes. That's absolutely. what I'm saying. Up the yeah. road. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man. Won't he do uh, it? He will, won't he will? Huh? <laughs> Church shoes. Um, any other thing you want to say before we close out to the people? What's a nugget of gem for them to rest on and chew um, on? Get we are in some tumultuous times. Put God first. He's got you. Get If you're not covered in a church home, get you some covering. And I'm not talking about don't worry about religion. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And I'm just, I, would, I want to say have a relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's checking for you. You should check for him. Oh. I'm loving it. Amen. When two or more agree to gather mm-hmm. his name, there I'm co-signing is. on that. Yes. Let yes. this be a ministry episode for the people. I know. I don't even know what the theme is, but I have to be honest with myself because I am unapologetically black. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And unashamedly mm-hmm. Christian. Yeah, so all that. <laughs> yes. Miss Misty, I thank you for giving me an hour of your time. I don't My take pleasure. that lightly. For My real. Pleasure. And we send you nothing but love and blessings from the Ask a Black Woman podcast. Thank you. And um, when you do have something else going on, um, you can always come back um, forever, how much time you want to, so we can be supported. I'm not going to let the people know. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome, love. And you have a good rest of the evening, darling. You too. Bye-bye.